everybody. You're listening to Driving Them In with Jim Campanas and Eric Lenneberg, a show we conceived of because, hey, we like to talk baseball to each other on the phone anyway. I'm in California. Eric's in uh, Arizona. And most of the time in California, well, maybe not right this moment because of this whole COVID thing, uh, lockdown in California, but usually I'm stuck in two hours of traffic. And so the idea was, hey, let's talk about baseball and bring on some guests while we're, you know, I'm struggling to get home from work, but, and it certainly passed my, uh, it certainly made my day, uh, much better, uh, to get through, you know, uh, a two hour drive, um, having a, a great conversation with my buddy, Eric Landenberg. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's a little warm over here in Arizona. A little bit warm right now, like 118 today. That's a little more than warm. So, uh, I've lived <laughs> there. I know, I know what it's like. And then the cicadas, like you guys, like the cicadas come out too. So that's like, it's like a you're in another planet. You got this like loud screeching thing from these bugs, and uh, yeah. and and you can cook a egg on the sidewalk. And so I had a pool, Eric, when I lived there, and like I would just go buy bags of ice because the kids were like, Dad, I want to go swimming. I'm like, the pool's freaking ninety five degrees. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. not even fun. And so I would just throw bags of ice in the pool, just you know, just bag fifteen bucks of bags of ice in the pool just to cool it down. And then 30 minutes later, it was 195 again, you know. But, hey, uh, you guys have a wonderful winter. I, that's one of the reasons I have a house there. It's just absolutely beautiful. So think about what December will be like, Eric. It'll be perfect. Yeah, it will. Maybe. Winter and spring here. <laughs> so uh, looking forward to the show today. This is one of the guests that you brought on. Why don't you give it a quick introduction to uh, our guests? And I'm excited because I, I I realize we have a few, uh, you know, things in common as well. Yeah, we're going to be talking with Mark Mattel. And Mark was a... Uh, pitcher in the major leagues for 10 years with the Kansas City Royals and the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, was a closer for many of those years, racked up a lot of saves. And then he got into coaching at different levels, and uh, he actually got into a game when he was like 40, 41 years old and got a win in the minor leagues. I, I don't know the circumstances. I hope we're going to talk to you about that. But he's also written a book, a couple books. Uh, his first one was called On the Eighth Day, God Created Baseball. And as soon as I saw the title, I knew it was going to be a great book, and it is. So, yeah, I'm excited to have Mark joining us today, too. Yeah, that's going to be cool. And just uh, FYI, I was in the same league uh, when he threw that, um, that that game at 41 years old. Uh, I was on my last year of pro baseball, and he was a pitching coach in Stockton. And I did not realize it until I looked it up because I knew about it. I had heard that one of the, one of the teams in the league had, had to activate a coach didn't put two and two together that it was Mark until uh, doing a little prep for this show. And uh, I think you forgot to mention one of his other great, uh, uh, you know, uh, contributions to mankind. Oh, did you oh the, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Did you, did you not mention the nutty buddy? I did not mention the nutty buddy. <laughs> Mark's creation, the best cup for any baseball player right there, the nutty buddy. I and, love the name and, and it works too. And he t- he has a video of him taking one off a pitching machine from like three feet away. It's like boom, and he's just sitting with his hands on his side, on his hips, like bring it on. <laughs> and, and I I, re- I mean I knew about this product because one it's you know coincidentally one of my buddies uh, in radio in in Phoenix went into PR, and um and and he was one of the guys that was helping to promote the Nutty Buddy, you know. And a lot of the videos were created by my friends. So we have a, that's one of the things we have in common, like outside of baseball. But I knew about this before it even came out. Uh, because my friend was asking, do you know Mark? And I said, well, I, I know of him, but I, you know, don't really, never was on a team with him, never, you know, uh, was one of my coaches. But baseball's a small world, right? So here we'll have him on today and, and be able to talk to him and kind of tell some of these fun stories. But yeah, what a great career he had. 
Midwestern guy, and uh, his nickname is Country. Did you know? Uh, yeah. I'm sure you've, you've heard of that. And so, yeah. uh, so we used to call guys from the Midwest who had a little twang. We called them Country. But the guys from Texas, even though they had the same sort of Midwestern twang or, or whatever Texas twang, they had to be cowboys just to differentiate the Texas guys from the Midwest guys. So, so cowboy, <laughs> if you're from Texas, or country, if you're from, uh, uh, you know, from the Midwest. So I guess yeah. he's from uh, Missouri, Missouri. Yeah, we'll see how he pronounces it. Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, you know, you're right. Baseball is a small world because I can't remember how I met Mark, and I've known him for years now with my friends, and I cannot remember how we met in the first place. It's probably at some event. I don't know. Right. But, uh, yeah, a really good guy. He'll be joining us anytime now. So. Well, and he had a good coaching career, too. I didn't uh, realize that he had gone into coaching after. And that's something I like always to talk to, to former players about, like that transition. You know, and some guys are lucky and they get a little bit extra uh, time in their transition because they transition into being a coach. And uh, right. and then and sometimes those, that life will, could take you right till the you know to, to when you want to really want to retire you know twenty thirty years later, and other times it doesn't or or other opportunities, you know present themselves that are better and you decide well I'm done coaching and I'll I'll you know but I still think that there was always that point where, you know just like I know you felt Eric and we talked about this I've had issues with this over the years like, the camaraderie you miss the camaraderie you know and I would like to yeah. just make a quick mention before. Um, Mike, uh, Mike comes, or Mark comes on rather that um, Mike Gillespie, who we had on this show talking about college recruiting. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away after sort of a maybe a, a four four month drawn out um, illness. Um, and uh, we were we we my friends and I, the USC teammates and, and USC alum, uh, we had multiple uh, you know text chains going, uh, getting updates almost daily to find out his his uh, you know progress. Um, he, he was, he was kicking its ass for a minute and then it was kicking into his ass for a minute and going back and forth. And, and quite honestly, we all thought he had turned the corner, but unfortunately, uh, today, uh, Wednesday, um, when is it the 28th today, uh, 29th. July 29th, I'm sorry. Uh, he, uh, he, he passed away. So, uh, mourning the loss of a guy who's like a father figure to me and, and, and a lot of guys, and he sort of knew how to push young guys buttons, push our ego button challenge us, um, challenge us to be better. And he did it selfishly, I'm sure. Like, oh, if, if you're better, so is the team. Um, but what the byproduct was is that we actually were better, uh, you know, for the rest of our lives. And, and he sort of turned us into guys and, you know, who weren't, you know, weren't stupid idiots. Like when we got there, we kind of grew a little bit of heart and character by being coached under him. And uh, I'm not sure if you've ever had a coach that, I mean, this is the guy who continuously made fun of me to the point where I, I was complaining to my dad. And my dad's like, well, are you starting? Yeah. What are you batting in the lineup? I'm like, you know, fourth or fifth or whatever. And this is my sophomore year. He goes, so why don't you shut the F up, okay? And he goes, I'll tell you what, the second, the second he stops getting on you is the second you should worry. And I started thinking that, like, oh, my God. He actually cares. And this is the way that he shows that, his, that he cares is by – absolutely ridiculing you with a, with a laser sharp tongue. Uh, this guy was, he could just, he could rip you apart, uh, and with humor and you hit, you couldn't defend yourself. You know what I mean? Right. And, 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 and it was just, he was just a really special, special guy. So anyway, if you haven't had a chance to listen to our show on recruiting, uh, it's a master class of, you know, the do's and don'ts of what it's like or, or what coaches deal with and what coaches are looking for. 
um, in terms of, of, of your, one of your, you know, for example, one of your ch- children wants to you know, play college baseball or, you know, girls volleyball, whatever, whatever sport, it's really the same process. So I highly encourage anyone who's listening to this show who hasn't heard the Gillespie show and is an interest in college recruiting, uh, take a listen to that. And um, we really enjoyed uh, having him on, um, uh, on that episode. Yeah, he was a great guest. Uh, I had a coach in college, Art Masmania. I know you. you oh, yeah. Like, uh, and he had a lot of those same characteristics. And, yeah, he'd get on you big time. And after a while, you'd start thinking, man, what am I doing here? But then you realize, oh, gosh, I'm playing and I'm betting cleanups every day. He must like yeah. something about me. And uh, I learned lessons from Coach Maz that I still think about today, that I still carry today. So, yeah, I, I certainly yeah. know how it feels. And how small is baseball? Art Madmazian's daughter, um, Nancy, was our sports information uh, director at USC assigned to the baseball team. And so she went on every road trip with us. She was a scorekeeper. She wrote all the articles about us. She she lobbied to help me become All-American. And so uh, I have a real fondness for the Madmazian family, obviously because of Art. And Art, my, my grandpa, were friends. But his daughter, Nancy, who also Nancy went over with Coach Gillespie to UCI, where Gillespie coached another 10 years after USC. So, um, wow. So I think we got our I think we got our guest, uh, Mark. Jim Campanis here. How are you? Hey, Campy, how you doing? Everything's uh, fine up here in North Dakota. It's not even cold yet. <laughs> right. Hey, Mark Harris Weatherberg, how you doing? Hey, Eric. Good to talk to you. I didn't realize you were in North Dakota. I thought you were still out here in Arizona. But I don't oh, understand no, no, no. why you're not here. Believe me, with the heat. <laughs> <laughs> well, give it five months since mine's 30 here, so. <laughs> yeah. A little trade-off. Well, real, real, there you go. Well, we're uh, excited to have you on, Mark. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, following you on Facebook. Um, and actually, I, I know baseball is a small world, but I'm a third-generation player. And you're mm-hmm. one of those guys that sort of was, like, in between my generation and my dad's. But I, mm-hmm. I, I saw that this is just a real funny coincidence, but my last year I got released by the Mariners. It was in 94 on the last day of spring training. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to drive home and, and tell my wife in Arizona that I got released. And so I drove to the <laughs> Angels complex for no other reason than I always right. hit well against them. And I walked through the front door and mm-hmm. Joe Madden stands up. He's like, Campy, what are you doing? You shouldn't you be in Calgary? I was with the Mariners, you know. And I go, well, that's why I'm, that's why I'm here, uh, see if you got a job, you know. And he sent me right. down, and he signed me to a deal in Lake Elsinore in the California uh-huh. League in 1994, where <laughs> right. you were the coach in Stockton. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, uh, Eric and I – well, Eric and I were telling the story because we realized that – wait a minute, because I remember as a player, I'm like, hey, I heard a coach got called up uh, – got put on the roster because they were short on pitching. Well, that was you. <laughs> Can you tell us a little activ- bit about that story? <laughs> yeah, I actually activated myself in a, in a sense, but uh, we we had called up a pitcher because well we needed pitching because we were down in the dumps at the time and right uh, the guy had come off the guy had come off uh, of the flight and he uh, he just he didn't he. He put some skull in his mouth, and the damn umpire got him. <laughs> and, oh you know, no the, way! Before, before the game started, this very guy, this very guy. So you know, the umpire came to the office and said to Lamar Johnson, and I was in there, and he said, "Hey, <clears throat> you, uh, you you can't you can't uh, suit up tonight, Lamar." And he says, "Why not?" And he says, "Because Shenbeck over here, you know, you know, put some dip in his mouth." And he says, "I was out there, and he's talking to his parents before the game, and you know, the umpires were up in the stands watching." 
And so they they nailed him. And so Lamar and I were, we were going, we're stirring at the moment. He's good grief. We got we got anybody. We didn't get anybody. So anyway, I go, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll just activate myself. You will not. He says, you'll get killed out there if you do something like that. And Fred Stanley was the farm director, and Fred's pretty good about uh, this. I love sure Fred. Me to, oh, he's great. He, he didn't want me pitching, I can tell you that, because, one, why didn't you pitch outfielders? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? Well, you know, I think everybody was pretty much tore up at that at that time of the year for some reason. And uh, anyway, uh, I did. I, I told Lamar, I said, he says, well, you're going to do this on your own. I said, well, you make sure you put my name down there then. And then so, and and I'll take the card up. And so what what happened was I took the card up to the plate. He said, you're taking it up. I said, fine. You know, I know the umpires. I know, uh, I know the other manager, Billy, uh, Giants guy. And so I said, uh, we all agree, meet and greet. And I say, how's everybody doing? You know, everybody having fun tonight and what's going on? And we go over the ground rules pretty quick. I Billy walks away. I let him walk away first, and I kind of walk away a little bit. And I come back. I say, I want you guys to make sure and look at that. I said, uh, I'm activated. I'm on the list. And they, and they looked at that, and they said, well, I'd be darned. I guess you are. And so <laughs> so uh, Billy was over on the third base box, and, you know, and I knew he wouldn't miss anything. And he, he had his hands on his knees. He stared in over at the dugout at me, and I had my I was leaning up against the post. And he says, head country. You ain't gonna pitch tonight, and I said, "I never know. I'm down here." He said, "Uh huh." And so he started snickering, "Uh huh." Well, anyway, sure enough, we had the sprinklers go on, and we we made it through five innings at like we were leading two to one at five innings, and the sprinklers went on in the sixth, and so they had a twenty minute break, and I, I didn't want oh. any. I didn't want my pitcher getting you know tore up or anything. Right. But I said, right. "Can you can you go back out there? You know, twenty five is my max." And he said, she, he said, yeah, I got it, I got it. I said, okay, so it gives us another inning, and we're still holding a two-to-one lead. I put another guy in there. Anyway, it's tie. Uh, that's fine by me. You know, at least we're not getting trounced, and we're, you know, sucking it up a little bit and not getting anybody hurt. I see where I'm going to have to activate myself because uh, something happened. And sure enough, I go down to the bullpen, crank up. I've been throwing batting practice that day anyway at 50 feet, you know. <laughs> you know, about two rounds, already, two rounds already, so I'm hanging. And uh, sure enough, I go out to the mound, and uh, <clears throat> uh, first hitter just taps it right in front of the the plate, about two inches out, and it's fair. And the catcher gets it and tags him. I throw about, I throw nine <laughs> more pitches. I have a ten pitch inning, and uh, a ball is hit back to me. Uh, it it kind of two hops me, and it kind of goes off my glove and. I, th- I throw it over there off my knees, and it, it trickles and bounces through that heavy grass over at Stockton, and you know, we get the out. Well, <clears throat> we score a run, and I win. I get, I pick up the win. <laughs> Not only awesome. did I pitch, but I picked up the win. <laughs> and so, awesome. you know, I'm writing, I'm writing, yeah, I'm writing the report up, and you know, to send into the office because you got to call it in, radio, you know, on the <laughs> telephone. You got to, you do all, you got to fax it, everything, whole nine yards. And then when I come down to Latell, I say ninety three, ninety four. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> of course, you know, you know, plus plus White plus fastball, nasty nasty, <laughs> sli- nasty slider, you know, no changeups thrown tonight. <laughs> oh, that is you know that is one of the coolest stories. And again, you have a ton of them, man. And, and that, that's why we really appreciate you coming on the show, <clears throat> Eric. I know you. I know you wanted to ask a couple of questions too. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Mark. Uh, the product you created, that famous product that we all know about, the Nutty Buddy. 
uh-huh. I've seen the videos too, and, and Kathy's seen them. Videos of uh-huh. uh, you standing a few feet from a fishing machine and taking one right there. How did you come up uh-huh. with that idea in the first place? Hey, what, what caused that whole thing? I was uh, I was coaching with the Dodgers, and uh, I was uh, chewing my pitchers out, uh, ass out one day, and just having fun. You know how you know how it is. You got to have some fun somewhere. So you're talking. Yeah. And, okay, well, how many of you guys wear cups? You know, about half of them raise their hand. I said, that's what I figured. You know. You know, and uh, I kept talking and talking a little bit. I said, well, you, you ever seen anybody lose one of those things, which I have, you know, as a coach you, or a player, you've been, <laughs> you've been on a few fields, and you say, oh, that guy lost one. You know, I said, no kidding. So, you know, and then one of the guys in the back said, hey, Lit, why don't you just invent one? I said, well, screw you. I think I will. So I went into the training room, and, you know, I asked the trainer, I said, hey, you got a couple, a couple golf balls around here? He said, no, I hadn't got any. So I finally found some golf balls, and I said, how, how about that stuff, that, that plastic stuff you got out there? You know, that's putting a hydroculator and it starts bending after about five minutes. Oh, yeah. How, how big a piece do you need, Mark? I said, well, I need this big a piece and give me those shears because it's going to be hard to cut, right? And he said, yeah, oh, yeah. So I got the golf balls. I formed it up. Took it back out there the other day. And I said, well, here's your cup, guys. What do you think of that? And the guys were sitting there looking and he says, wow, that's pretty cool. You might want to patent that thing. <laughs> and I said, nah. You know, after I got through with uh, Instructional League, it was Instructional League where it was. I said, okay. uh, so I, I called one of my buddies up. And I said, you know any patent lawyers? And he went to the University of Missouri. And he said, yeah, I, I know one over in Kansas City. So I, I called him and got a secretary on the phone, got him on the phone eventually. And secretary came back. I said, well, I'm going to mail this in to you. And he says, mail it to my secretary. And I said, so the secretary got it. And so she got it in. And here's the other funny part is she got it in. And she says, what is it? I said, that is a gas mask. <laughs> and I said, you need to wear that. I said, you need to wear that into the Mr. Lawyer, your lawyer friend right there, and let him see you wearing it. This, here's your new gas mask this guy came in with. <laughs> I got a call back about three minutes. So anyway, <laughs> but uh, no, That's it's classic. anatomically correct. Yeah, it's anatomically correct. Uh, you know, people who do the CAD work, they don't know how I got it right. You know, and they said, how'd you do this? How'd you do this? You know, because it takes me three days to do the CAD work on this. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, just do it. You know, that's why you get, you know, you got your doctorate. So go ahead and do it. <laughs> and uh, so I did it. And, you know, was, I had done over at ASU. And there was this uh, guy named Dosan Shen who did it for me. And uh, he said, I can do it. He said, Mark, Mark, he said, I can do this class in three hours. He says, your cup, three days. Minimum, <laughs> I said, well, whatever, let's do it. And he did it, and uh, he entered it in something I didn't even know about. It won some big award that ASU never won. So I got my name wow. on that with him. Yeah, it was called the Society of American Baseball. Well, no, no, it was Society of, uh, I don't know, it was one of those big awards. Anyway, <laughs> I'm reading about myself in the magazine. And uh, so you, you end up doing this. I got, I got five sizes. So nobody's got five sizes, though. So I got hammer, <laughs> boss, hog, trophy, and then Mongo. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, Mongo. Ever... I'm, clearly, I'm clearly Mongo. There's no doubt. All eighth graders want Mongo. You know, of and, course. And, all, all, and all, all little guys who got you know, the little finger out there and they're coming up at the cash register say, hey, baby, I'm wearing a hog. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny, Mark. Um, I've, I've, I've worked in radio 
for a few years uh, after I got out of baseball, I, I went right into advertising at KDKB, uh-huh. which was the rock station there. And, and one of my buddies who sat right next to me, his name's uh, Keith Woods. And Keith did some PR yeah. work with you on that yeah. project. So it was just another small world uh, connection that I had with you that I thought was real interesting. Um, uh, Keith told me about the Nutty Buddy uh, before oh, yeah. you had before it had, it had been released. I saw some of the work he had done. And uh, uh-huh. I, I did, and, he, and he knew I was a former player. And uh, I just, uh, he sent me a bunch of the, the, the stuff, like you taking the, the shot off the, the nutty buddy with the pitching machine. Like I saw that before anybody else really, you know. So uh, really yeah. I commend There's you. A, a lot of us, a lot of us have great ideas and you actually took your idea and made it happen. So uh, I, I commend you for that. That's awesome. Well, well thank you. You know, the uh, funny thing was, is Keith is really one of my big pushers at, at the beginning and, uh, I think it was UPI, yeah, was, uh, UPI was wanting to do a story on me, and uh, it was it was around it was December, early, around the tenth of December, and then they said, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, and then so the guy came back and said to Keith, says, no, no, they don't know if it'd be a very big story, and I said, that's fine, that's fine. Well, three or three days later, they said, well, let's just do it. So we went out and filmed it, and you know, took all the photo shots, and they interviewed me and stuff like that. So they put the story out there. It's the it's the number five best in and for on the year. And <laughs> before you know it, I mean this is on a Saturday and a Sunday, and then on a then on a Monday I get a call from Fox in New York, you know Fox News, and you know with Gretchen and and everybody else, you know and all and uh, Judge Jeannie and Janine and all those people. So anyway. This this producer gets me on the line. I didn't even. I just picked up the phone. I said, is this Mark Latell? And I said, yes, it is. And he said, this is so-and-so, Fox News producer, uh-huh, uh-huh, in, in New York, uh-huh. He said, I have a flight for you right now, today, to uh, can get you out here. We'll pick you up at 11 o'clock tonight, take you to the hotel, pick you up in the morning. Be on the morning show. Would you be willing to take a, sh- a shot for us? <laughs> on the, and, and, and they were going to do it. In Times Square, that was the only time they'd been oh outside. And, they picked, and, and of course, they picked December. <laughs> they, picked, they picked December, and my 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 cojones are the size of goat goat nests now. They're not, you know, which was good. <laughs> They're all shrunk up. And uh, so anyway, you know, they fly me in there and I do the shot. But if you look at the very first shot, uh, and and the guy puts it in there, and I say, yeah, you know, like that, it actually glanced. And that was uh, one of the ones that it hit the cup, but it glanced upward. And I'm going, yeah. And I would, I would like said, oh shit, you know. <laughs> but, but anyway, <laughs> I sat, but I sat there and, uh, and I knew uh, for two and a half to three weeks I was black and blue around my whole band. You know, it was pretty uh, amazing how. But the, uh, but the sacrifices you have to make, right? The sacrifices I you guess. have to make sometimes in life. No, that that's. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That was uh, that, that's an awesome story and and a, and a great product. Are you you're, you're still selling? I, I I went online and saw it. So you guys are still actively oh, yeah. selling that thing. Okay, all right. Cool. Oh heck yeah! You know the uh, the worst thing was the bull ride because I rode a bull because we got bull riders at rare. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah, bull, you, you, uh, the bull's name was martial Playboy. Arts and, huh? Oh, oh gosh, they, no. martial arts and all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Mm. Keep but I tell you, this bull, I mean, Playboy, you know, my, my partner asked me, uh, said, who's going to do this? Uh, who's going to ride the bull? I said, well, I'm going to ride the bull. I'm, I'm a country boy, you know. I said, she's, you know, I'm 61 years old almost at the time. And so I get on this bull named Playboy, and I'm flipping. I'm, they're they're uh, cinching me in, and I'm, you know, popping the bull's ears with my finger, you know, and he's going, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> he's a big bull. He's like 1,800 pounds. He's huge. 
And so, I'm, I'm, and the guy said, <clears throat> he said, the guy who sent me in, I said, I, want, I don't want a half butterfly. I want, I want to be putting this thing right. I said, I want to try to stay on this sucker. So the guy down there had the rope out there. He said, he wants a full cinch. He said, he said, well, cinch him in then. Let him try to stay on that sucker. <laughs> so he cinched me in really hard. And, I, and he said, you know, I, I popped that bull one more time, you know, in the ear, and he went bam, 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 you know, like that. And he says, you don't have to do that. He's already pissed off that you're on him. And so I said, okay, okay. So anyway, they opened the gate. I lasted 2.4 seconds, but I ended up having a pubic, a broken pubic bone out of the whole mess. He slammed oh. me so hard. Oh, God. Oh. That Man. <laughs> yeah, That's that crazy. That's crazy. Eric, I got a quick question for, for Mark here. And, and this is something we did uh, on a kind of on a show with um, uh, the first ever uh, female professional pitcher. And uh, so, so Eric played at Arizona State back in the day, and I played at USC, and I played professionally for about eight years. And we didn't get I, – I was on the 40-man roster. I didn't quite – I had some injury issues. I would give this another, another story. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we both, we both – you know, we're pretty good hitters. And so can you tell us about your pitching style and then how uh, basically I was sort of like a, a straightaway, more maybe a little slight pole guy, righty, right-handed hitter. Uh, Eric was kind mm-hmm. of a pole hitter, but left-handed. So um, what kind of a pitcher were you? And like, how would you attack Eric and I as batters with your particular style as a pitcher? Well, from a, from a windup, I did, uh, I was, I was over the top. I didn't. I didn't do an abbreviated half wind up, and then uh, actually, most of your Hall of Famers are from over the top. It's been studies gone done on that. They're not abbreviated. Uh, whatever. But anyway, I was fastball, fastball slider, uh, somewhat of a change up, I guess. Who knows? And then <clears throat> I threw ninety three to ninety five generally. I could get it up a little bit differently, but you know, I, I, I would change speeds on my fastball. I'd, my slider was my best pitch, and you know I'd probably throw three three right down the middle and say uh, sayonara, see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, would you, for example, would you throw like Eric as a lefty? Were you? We call it. I was a catcher, right? So a lot of yeah, yeah. a lot of times I would I would see a hole in a lefty swing, and I might like call yeah. it. I call it a, a back a back knee slider or a back foot slider, and I wanted right. you to throw like throw it off his back foot. Did you throw that kind of slider to lefties? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, did. I, I threw it off. I threw it off the back foot to the left-hander. You know, and the then, only time that I ever—that's funny you say that—but I can only remember throwing one backdoor slider, you know, around the opposite end of the plate. Yeah, and it was pure, it was purely by accident. But the, I had the bases loaded, and I had a three-two count on Pete Rose, and my best pitch was—you always throw your best pitch, best location, and my catcher knew it. <clears throat> so I threw a, a slider, and it actually. It went a little bit around out of my hand just by a fraction, and it backdoored in. He did a check swing, and he looked out after me. <laughs> after, the, after the umpire had raised his hand and he checked swing, I said, I don't know. I just raised both my hands. I said, I don't know, Pete, you know. Well, now that's a sign now. Uh, like That's actually what the pitchers are working on. They actually are trying to do that on purpose now. And, by the way, I, I was catching yeah. the same uh, – right around the same era, and when a pitcher uh-huh. like you would throw a, a, a slider – we always wanted it, you know, to the to the outside corner of the right hand or the inside corner. That was where you threw everyone, every slider. There wasn't yeah. this, you know, back door, front door, none of that. 
And but but I would always often I would oftentimes be frozen as a batter myself when a guy did just what you did, uh, but to sure. a right hander and you think you think it's the ball and then it comes over for a strike. You know, it kind of freezes. Yeah, you. just just trinkles in there, just kind of just yeah. In a now, bit. And now and now that's the thing. So I got a question for you because we we've, we've talked about analytics on this show when you were. Uh, coaching, where were the analytics compared to today? Because I know you, you you continue to coach into the did you continue to coach into the two thousands or when did you sort of right. stop coaching? Well, uh, I was, oh, oh six was my last year. Oh six, okay, yeah. right. We, so uh, how, we did you, have how do you have the twenty four hundred? You know, we okay. didn't have the analytics of twenty four hundred. You know, RP, RPMs on you know, that uh, right. You know, That's what get I was getting at. Yeah. Movements and things, and you know, yeah. twenty two hundred on this and things of that nature. But you know, uh, there's different ways of saying that to get those 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 same things done. Because Campy, you know this, and Eric, I know you know this too. Because if you sit there and somebody's watching a game on television, which is a really good place to watch a game, that and I, as a pitching coach or whatever, as as a player, you watch where that catcher sets, you watch where that ball lands up, and it doesn't always land up there. There's so many times that. You know, people who sit there and they throw bullpens can throw bullpens inside, outside for the most part. But you put the hitter in there and that sphincter gets a little bit tight, (laughs) you know? And so that, so it changes the whole concept right there, you know, of pitching. You know, now you become more of the thrower and the heave hole it and, you know, the Bible pitcher, hope and pray that, you know, they're going to hit the ball at somebody. And so – interesting but the, yeah I've, I've sat there and i've done it myself the catcher sets inside the ball goes outside hitter swings at it and you're sitting there laughing and so is the pitching coach you said nice right. pitch i said yeah what wasn't it though <laughs> so <laughs> well but you know that's if there's a funny you know connection between pitchers and catchers that i that i think a lot of people don't actually realize is like i oftentimes felt like i could you know once i learned about a, a pitcher and their personality a little bit and then how they and then and then how it changed when they became a pitcher and like Mike Hampton who pitched for for years and and you know he made like 150 million, um, he was not the Mike Hampton that you would have lunch with. He, when he got on the mound, he totally different guy. And I realized yeah. like Mike's an easygoing, cool guy at lunch in the in a you know before we come to the park or something. But when he's on the mound, he's a son of a bitch, and I have to actually calm him down. I have to joke yeah. with him. I have to. I have to bring him, bring him back to, to like, like he wanted to fight. Like he had this sort of like it was a football game kind of mentality, you know. Right. Meanwhile, other guys, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, I, I would, I would be catching other guys, and I'd have to kick him in the balls. And and even if they didn't have a nutty buddy on, I didn't matter. I, I had to like, I had to scare him. I had to yell at him. I had to tell him, your dad would be embarrassed if he saw this. You know, I had to be kind of a motivator. Sure. Uh, right. And that was one of the things that I absolutely love that relationship between pitchers and catchers. Uh, do you have a particular catcher in your uh, memory that kind of stood out as someone that really handled you well versus just being a well, good, solid catcher, but handled you as an individual maybe better than most? Well, that's a very, that's a really good question uh, is because, you know, each pitcher like you very well know has his own personality and, right. you know, and different the way they, they walk differently, especially the left-handers. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> You know, but we have, uh, like I had Daryl Porter, I had uh, John Wathen, I had Buck Martinez, and I had Ted Simmons. Now, wow. of, of those four, the, the one I really liked was Buck Martinez. 
because I don't know. He, he just had a way, you know, Max, you know, call him Max and, and yeah. he'd come out there and he'd say, and he's pretty sharp. He's a pretty sharp guy. And so it was Teddy, <clears throat> you know, and, uh, you know, Teddy, you got to remember, uh, he took a little bit of a beating about his catching, but you got to remember he caught 20, 21 years back there. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big beating. <laughs> right. And you, right. That's a huge beating. And then, and of course, I've always said, you know, Teddy can hit anything. Uh, and, you know, I went over to Teddy's locker one day. He was smoking a cig in the bottom. I said, hey, Teddy. Cause I was pretty good buddies with Teddy. I said, hey, Teddy, we were playing Pittsburgh. I said, you, can you hit this guy? And he, he he took a drag off his cigarette and he had those great big old droopy eye, eyes of his. He looked down and he looked back up at me and he said, I can hit anybody. <laughs> and he <could. laughs> <laughs> I, I I heard a great quote about what he said one time, and they they one time I can't remember the picture, but they said, "What does Ted Simmons tell you when the, when he comes to the mound?" He goes, "Well, right. one time he used the word nevertheless, and I didn't know what that meant. Nevertheless, <laughs> I, I was just laughing. I was just laughing because again, you know, uh, that, that's a that, that, like a lot of times you're not expecting, you know, a, a college word being dropped on you in a, in a mound visit, but." Nevertheless, yeah. he did that all the time. So, <laughs> Eric, I know you had some yeah. other questions on your uh, that you wanted to hit up uh, Mark with. No, I just uh, I love that story about Ted Simmons. Um, Mark, when you were uh, towards the end of your career, before your arm got hurt, uh, mm-hmm. was that during the era when guys were starting to hit a lot more home runs? Were you seeing that begin to happen? And if so, when, uh, did you? Did you know about steroid use? Did, did you know a lot of guys were using them? Or you know, uh, that's that's a good question because at that point, I don't. I'm I'm pretty sure that they were not using the roids. They were still using uh, mar- marijuana, alcohol, and heroin, and that was what kind them <laughs> over the you know over the hump at that time. <laughs> you know, we, they were they, we were a better breed. You know, and so. Man, Eric, there's not many home runs hit when you're stoned, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, then, uh, then, 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 then doing a cycle, yeah, doing a cycle of Adderall or whatever, Adderall or whatever, you know. What I'm saying, so. Well, you'd be you'd be surprised by how many home runs I've seen hit on hit on some stuff. I, I know, by the way, I, play, I played winter ball too, and I, I've, I've seen everything. Yeah. Okay, I've seen everything. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, but you know. I had little kids ask me, you know, when you get out of the game, and I'm working with all these little amateur craps, you know, and, and they say, "Did you guys use? Did you guys use roids when you played?" I said, "No, we didn't." But I said, "But I'm sure we would have if we had." <laughs> 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 <You know? laughs> and and you know, I, I, I was in there. I, I was right a couple of years after you, and it was so prevalent that Jim Lefevre was our manager. And he had oh, just come boy. over from, from Oakland. He just came over from Oakland, and he literally gave us, like, a farewell speech in Instructional League, mind you. This is Instructional League. And he told us all, go home, uh, find a doctor, get yourself a prescription, and get yourself right. a, a gym membership, and come back 20 pounds heavier, and you watch how many home runs you hit next year. <laughs> I mean, like, that was their go-away speech. Like, that was the culture. Well, that's and, a like, good one. And then, and I and I sort of you know truncated truncated that a little bit, but I, but nonetheless that was the sentiment in his little in his little rah rah speech, uh, and that and that and that's why I, I I struggle like why isn't Barry Bonds in the in the Hall of Fame? My God, he is the most. Why isn't Roger? Well, Cl- this was the culture. But uh, well, you still got to anyway. hit the ball, you know. Just because you're piped up doesn't mean you still yeah. but you still got to put bat on ball, you know, round yeah. ball, round bat, hit ball yeah, hard that's somewhere. Right. 
So who was then, the no. who was the batter that uh, that gave you the most grief? Could you think of one particular guy? Yeah, I mean, I've been asked questions like that a lot. So <clears throat> in my calculations, it's going to have to be Tony Oliva. And, okay. Uh, American League. That was a long time, you know. But Tony Oliva could could hit. You know, I normally got all my big guys out, my Hall of Famers. I mean, I people send me all these statistics, and I guess I have some pretty good statistics. But I like guys with big swings and big holes. But it was mm-hmm. one, two, six, seven, and nine. I didn't like them coming up because you know I had Short a tendency to skirt. I I would skirt the plate and I'd fall behind, and I had to groove when they kind of pink, pink, you know. Right. And then you right. know, yeah, you know, but. Uh, uh, I don't know, Oliva. He was he was he uh, he hurt me a little bit, and uh, I, I, I did okay against a lot of other people. But like, uh, how, how about Rod Carew though? That's sort of in a similar like you know like Rod getting Carew, inside the I did ball. Okay. Yeah, okay. Rod Carew I did right. okay. Uh, you know, uh, Jackson Smith, uh, Schmidt, Lazinski, all those guys. I did very well against all the Dodger team. I did very well against. You know. Uh, First time I pitched in Dodger Stadium, I loved it. I felt, man, I, I love this joint. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's great. And, Very cool. Uh, did well there. You know, but uh, I don't know, there's a, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff going on out there when when you're in different ballparks. You know, you got such a, you know, your spatial awareness, your different ballparks are, that you, know, you got to be, you got to be able to adjust to different ballparks, and there's a lot of ballparks you're not going to be like, you know, like you wouldn't want to pitch in. But you've got to really, you know, you know, play some mindset uh, games there. To, oh, no doubt. You know, it, it, it's a game within a game, in other words, to get yourself to, to throw well in this ballpark. And well, and get you know, it. when you were in Stockton, that field was notorious for for guys getting hit in the head because the, of the sunset right behind. Um, center field. Do, yep. do you remember that that park? Yeah, sure was. And yep, and, sure was. Uh, and then and Bakersfield during that league, like they didn't start the game until eight o'clock because yeah. you know some knucklehead built that stadium where the sun set directly behind the the pitching, you know, the batter's eye. And in batting practice, you were blind, you know. Uh, so that's they one the of the sun, things. They had the sunscreen for a little bit, you know. Yeah, they used yeah. to raise out there. Mm-hmm. And and again, I, I think you know they, that makes that makes a that's a great comment. I think what people don't realize, you know, as a player, you know, like you might I would play I played winter ball as I mentioned. Did you ever play winter ball? Did you ever get get into the yes. more, the, you know, Okay, where'd you I go? <clears throat> I played in uh, Puerto Rico. I played for um, uh, the R.C. Lobos. Okay, so, I was in my cool. Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, and, and so yeah. I, no, I, 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 I they catch, they caught the fire, they caught the stands on fire about it every game. You know, that's pretty cool to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you didn't play in Mexico, uh, Puerto Rico was like almost like playing in the U.S. I'm saying, I'm telling you, because in Puerto in Mexico there was a fire in the stands every game, and sometimes mm-hmm. you put a fire right behind the pitching the, the batter's eye, and uh, they would light this bonfire. Like they they they, yeah. they lit a bonfire in the cemetery behind home plate one time, and I'm just like uh-huh. like <laughs> you you can't script this one. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this as a catcher Ooh. and a batter. But uh, it, I think that's one of the things that I take away from, you know, my career and also my dad takes away and my grandpa. We all talk about, you know, the experiences mm-hmm. we had all over the planet, all over the country, playing with yes. great people. You know, Eric and I have uh, connected, even though we never were teammates, but baseball kind of made us friends and, and the connection with that. Is that a still is that still something where you kind of feel the, that same sentiment, um, you know, with, with former players and, and uh you know, guys that you played uh, with and against over those years? 
Well, sure. You know, and you know, I love the Latino player uh, because <clears throat> I've been down to Panama, Dominican, Puerto Rico, and I've I've spent in in a fifteen month span within the last three months, three years, I've been to Cuba three times, and uh, that wow. was very very interesting over there because. Uh, now, here's what we need to do to solve the whole pro- millennial problem: is just parachute their ass in there, and you can't use a dog gun, and you can't for fifty bucks, and you can't you can't uh, use your cell phone, so it's it's blocked. So you might as well pitch it. Xbox will steal from you. And then the other thing is, is if here I'm going to give you five days. You got fifty bucks. If you don't report back here, we're going to leave you. Bye. <laughs> and so, wow. You know, <laughs> So I got I got two I got two I got two guys I'm thinking of right now uh, who who want to go on that trip or need to go on that trip I should say that, that might that might be that might be living nearby in my household that's all I'm saying so. I hear you I hear you uh, Eric I know you had some more questions and I know we were talking about this before the show so go ahead hit, hit, hit uh, Mark with some more yeah I'm, uh, Mark you played for Kansas City during the 70s yeah uh, you were there when George Brett came up and right. Did you know right away, did you tell he was going to become the, the great hitter he became? Yeah, you know, George and I signed the same year. We were both out of high school. We were 18. He was El Segundo. I was farm boy. You know, he parked his surfboard. I parked my plow out the door in Billings, Montana. And we, we, we stood there and looked at each other and said, what the hell are you all about, boy? You know, so we, you know, complete opposites, you know, attract. So George and I ended up rooming together. Actually, this is something funny. I went up ahead of George to the big leagues because I was nine and one in triple A by June and I shouldn't even have been in triple A, but it was, uh, George went up right after I did, uh, that same year when we got called up at the end. And it, but the big thing is George got 21 years in the show and, uh, hall of fame as well. And, you know, you look at George, he didn't hit 300 in the minor leagues at all. You know, and that's kind of interesting. He got yeah. old with Charlie Lyle, and his first full year, he hit 280-something, I think. And then from there on out, he was over 300 from there on out. And, uh, you know, but George, I'll tell you something. He he loved to play foosball. He, matter of fact, he still probably enters foosball tournaments. <clears throat> but uh, really? he could he could kill you. Man, he could kill anybody. And it was amazing his the way his mind and his hands worked. But he had extremely strong hands. You know, that's a big trait of, a, I think, any major leaguer, you know, or a, any athlete for that matter, is that they have from, from the elbows down, that's the whole deal. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they have pretty good hands and reaction because his reaction time is extremely quick. He's an amb- ambidextrous. He can throw left or right. Uh, he's done some things on the field during a game because we used to jack around during the game on the field quite a bit, you know. I mean, we we do a lot of stupid stuff out there. And why do you, you know, you know, motion for us to come over there. And he said, what were, you, what were you two guys doing over there on third baseline for 40 seconds? Always looking at the ugliest damn girl in the stands. You know, <laughs> she was leaning over the top, and I looked up, and I went, holy shit, like that. And George said, Diz. He always called me Diz. He said, Diz, Liz, what's wrong? I said, look at that, right, hanging over the stand. It's, it's a packed stadium, and Oakland was on the on the bench sitting there almost looking at us. He said, God, that's unreal. And I said, yeah. So we start talking and talking and talking. He puts the ball in my glove and says, hey, strike this guy out, will you? I said, okay, all right. So, I mean, when you're throwing good, you know, okay. So I strike the guy out. We're laughing, coming off. Why? He says, are you two guys? Come here, you two. He's got his arms crossed, you know. And he listens to it. He said, that's good. George, you go up. You're hitting up. Uh, you're hitting second. Uh, 
get Mac over first and third in the country. Won't you strike out the side when you go back out? I said, okay. (laughs) 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 Young and dumb. (laughs) You know, 76, I was having a good year, and I could just do about anything, I thought. So, yeah. You're 23 years old and don't know anything, don't know any better. Yeah. Are you in contact with any of those guys from the Royals back then? On occasion. You know, I think, uh, you know, what you do when you bump into people, you bump into them, and you bump into them on the phone quite a bit because uh, for some reason, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm writing some, I'm, I got my third book finished, and, and uh, so I, I'm, sometimes I'll call them and just verify some things. That's about it, you know, yeah. just to touch base, you know. So, Speaking of your um, books, I, I, I've seen your first two. Uh, uh-huh. What's the third one? Is it done now? <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, I got this one's got about eighty-three thousand words in it. It's twice the size of the first combined, and it's called "What's Up Ramrod" with a question mark because everybody says, well, "Why'd you call it Ramrod?" And I said, "Because, because I called all the guys when I coached because I coached for eighteen years, and I talk about that and coaching in Australia four years and all this other crap. And it's funny, but I said, "Oh, why'd you call him Ramrod?" Well, the story is, is if you're in the PFP line, pitchers fielding practice, and you know, I might say. Hey, if the guy did a good job, I'll say, hey, nice job. Nice nice, nice way to cut it right there, whatever. And uh, he goes back to the end of the line. The rookie comes in. And I had the guys at the end of the line. I had all four of them, and they're generally together. And they said, hey, he called me Ramrod. And they're kind of snickering. Now he said, yeah, he said, uh, he said, nice job, Ramrod. And they're snickering. He said, hey, you know why he calls you Ramrod? They said, no. He said, he don't know your effing name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I named the book What's Up Ramrod. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. well, my, my that, well, my USC coach called everybody Tiger Rod Dato, so because you didn't know anybody's <laughs> name either. So, great, great, great call. I I like Ramrod better than Tiger, by the way. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, Ramrod was Rowdy Yates in Rawhide. Oh, that's so okay. He 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 was uh, you got Mr. Favor who was the trail boss and Rowdy was the was the ramrod. So he was second ah. in charge, you know. So he was the ramrod. <laughs> so that's a that's a that's a title, that ramrod. That's a it's a it's a title of, of you know, of uh, yeah. of, of respect. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. All right, Ramrod, what you got going on here? You know the funny thing is Eddie Eddie Cedar, who's third base coach from Milwaukee right now, he was we we were in rookie ball. He was a manager, and I was, and we were over in uh, Casper, Wyoming. And he was, Eddie was pretty funny. And I was talking to the general manager, and he said something about not using this. And I said, "Okay, Ramrod, I got you." And Eddie said, "Hey, you even dropped a Ramrod on the GM." His <laughs> 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 country just dropped a Ramrod on the GM. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the uh, what's your uh, do you have a due date out for the book? I wrote a book myself, and I know there's a little bit of preparation. Do you have that ready yet, or is it still sort of in the works? <clears throat> no, I'm done, and uh, I'm I'm getting all the we're doing the formatting right now, and you know, okay. you know, with COVID out there, it takes a little more time right now. I, I think exactly. I could have had it out, but I think with COVID, you know, it, it gets pushed back like all all other things. Yeah, and, uh, it gives you more it gives you more time to. <laughs> no doubt the I's cross the T's, but you know I've pretty much done that. But we spent a lot of time on it, and it's 
you know, it, it, it's fun. I think it's fun to ride because it kind of, for me, it's relaxing. And, uh, you know, you, you, I want to get the story right because, you know, <clears throat> Tampa, you know, and, and Eric, you got, you know, Sabre there and, you know, they, they want to get it right. Well, it's like one of the stories right. in my first book. You know, they were talking about me, and I was talking about the good, bad, and the ugly. Well, the ugly was is I was in San Francisco, and I was throwing a ball, and uh, it says Mark Tell lost three ball games uh, in a 24-hour period. I said, no, they're wrong. It's a 22-hour period. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one where there was a rain delay or something, right? It's some other <laughs> no, it's a rain delay. just hit the shit out of the ball. <laughs> so, well, you see, they had they had a doubleheader and a single in San Francisco. So they were run together, see. And okay. Boyer, you know, great guy, you know, had a hard time managing pitchers maybe. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> but, uh, wow. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's you know, fantastic. But, so you're in North Dakota at the moment. Is there is that one of your uh one of your digs? Are you just are you traveling or is that where you want to hang no, your, my, one of your hangouts? My wife my wife does some stuff up in here in the oil. Uh, and uh, oh, there's yeah. all the oil out here. There's all the oil out here. And you know, this is minus 30, and this is Teddy Roosevelt country, and you're 50 miles from the uh, Montana line, and you know, you got all kinds of uh, just just an interesting place up here. A lot of, a lot of planes, and you know, the state tree is the uh, telephone pole. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so then you went. Do you, so you winter in Arizona. Is that your your routine? You kind of go back and forth between the two. Is that kind of how it works? No, not, not with her stuck stuck up here. But I was going to move to San St. Louis because I was doing some stuff last year with the Cardinals. Well, since it's getting shot up so bad, I said, "Shit, I don't want to be you know you know full yeah. holes." So I might just move on back to Arizona and and you know park my butt up there in Prescott somewhere. So I, you know, I, Eric and I, uh, Eric and I both lived there for a while. It's uh, not, right. not a bad place to park. Let me tell you that. So, uh, you know, it's very news. mild winter. Yeah. And, uh, and the people couldn't be nicer, right, Eric? That's right. Oh, That's right. and I'm good looking in that town too. I was good looking. So you, <laughs> you Mark, go. you're going to, Mark, Mark, you're going to be like Mr. Prescott when you get there. Tall, tall former major league pitcher. Come on. You're going to kill it there. <laughs> so, no, no summer, no summer teeth people here. You know, some are here, some are there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh, that's wonderful. Like By the way, did NASCAR you NASCAR folks? NASCAR folks, you know. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, did you get a chance, by the way, Mark, to see the uh, the whole um, Joe Kelly versus the Astros uh, fiasco that happened yesterday? The sort of retaliation yeah. thing. <clears throat> yeah, well, 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 now, how would how would well well. I'm, if you didn't see it, um, Joe Kelly, I, and by the way, uh, my look at it as a former professional, he wasn't trying to hit him. He was just, he, did, he didn't have any command at all. He didn't know where it was going. And right. so he, he right. had a, th- a three and O pitch that he threw that, right. I mean, it was, it, it, it was a cutter. It was a slider, but he threw it like 95. Yeah. And right. it just missed uh, Bregman's head. And then he threw some right. at, 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 uh, at, at Korea, and then he struck him out. But like right. you know, I've seen a lot of reports where, and my, and by the way, my my dad caught Drysdale. I I wasn't alive when he was a real pitcher, or I never saw him pitch. But apparently, uh-huh. like his style, his style would have been just put one in his uh-huh. ribs. Next guy, put one in his uh-huh. ribs. Okay, we're done. Uh-huh. We're it's cool. Yeah. We're over. This is over. Yep. So so now yep. I'm half wanting to watch the Dodger game tonight, wondering, well, are the Astros going to come back and retaliate with something? Maybe drill Bellinger. Uh-huh. How, how do you think a play like that? 
or something like that plays out. You know, the, 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 we've now created a soap opera, a baseball soap opera here. What, what do you think about it? Uh, you know, they, they've got to eventually just say, hey, I'm going to get people out. Because yeah. unless there's somebody that, you know, is out there that's, you know, tearing up your infield at the, in that immediate game, you know, uh, you know, then then you take you know, then you go go after somebody, but I don't think the guy either, like you said, meant to do that. And then the other thing is, is when they fight now, they they might they, it's like them playing patty cake. Nobody's really yeah. taking a good swing. Right. <laughs> What's that all about? Well, he, I mean, he got well. He, <laughs> Joe Kelly got Joe Kelly got eight game suspension. By the way, uh, if you hadn't heard about that, so uh, that's really? thirteen. What for? Yeah, that's. Th- for for those errant those errant pitches apparently and that's, he, I didn't that's, know that that's ridiculous. That that's is thirteen percent yeah thirteen percent of the season when you break it because you know it's a sixty game season. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that's a pretty harsh uh, you know uh, punishment. But um, about thousand dollar fine and call it even. Yeah, well the, I yeah. think he makes a thousand he makes a thousand a pitch I think with his contract so I don't know if that's equitable either. <laughs> but, and I, I think and by the way and I, I was funny because uh, I think you my, when you were drafted by the Royals um, I think my dad was traded by for Freddie Potek from the Pirates to go yeah, from, right. to go back and forth. Um, yes, but but I, that was at a, at a time when I was growing up. And uh, mm-hmm. and I, I might have been six or seven, eight, and and I was a clubhouse rat. My dad used to just dress me up. And well, my you're mom probably taller me. than Freddie, though. Oh, just about. Well, I, never, <laughs> I wasn't with him because it was a trade between. But I actually was in the clubhouse with like Dave Parker, you know, guys like Dave Parker, Ed Ott, um, oh. uh, Richie mm-hmm. Zisk, you know, these kind of guys like that that era, you know. Uh, but I remember Studs. that 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 era, yeah, and, and studs, right, and that era player, but. Let me just ask you, I went on a road trip with the Charleston Charlies. My dad brought mm-hmm. me along on a road trip, and it was a bus road trip. And we just were going to mm-hmm. Waterbury and back or something or, or somewhere like that. It was, it was a close trip. And mm-hmm. um, my dad said, okay, sit here and shut the hell up. And, and I did. I, was, you know, I did what I was told. And, right. um, <laughs> and, and then I fell asleep, and then I woke up. And, of course, everybody smoked on the buses back then, right? You remember that. Everybody smoked. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. everybody drank beer. And yeah. I had to go to the bathroom. And so my dad says, you're going to have to walk on the, you're going to have to walk on the handrails. And I'm like, what? He's like, look. And I looked at the aisle and the aisles were filled to the, to the arm rails with beer cans. Guys are just drinking. Right. That's, I mean, how many guys are there on the bus? 30, 25, 30. Yeah. And, and there, yeah. and there was, there were piles 30. of beer cans all the way to the, to the bathroom. So I had to sort of right. like be a monkey and, and get back, you know, the, all the way to the back. Was that was that right. your, a good memory of a of a road trip in 1972? I mean, 73, something like that. Say what now? I was just going to say, is that, is that kind one? of the memory? Oh, yeah. Like well, my, first, our, a- my first road trip, yeah, we had a 16-hour uh, bus ride from uh, Billings, Montana to Caldwell, Idaho. <clears throat> you know, our, that was our first time out of the chute. And uh, wow. we went through West Yellowstone. It was... Uh, 31, 31 degrees in West Yellowstone that night. We we played in Billings that night at 85, and then we went to West, through West Yellowstone at 31, and then we traipsed over. So George and I were sitting together on on the on the bus the whole time, you know. And uh, you know he he I, I had a harmonica, and he he said about three o'clock in the morning. He said, "Hey Diaz, let me see that." And I said, "I said uh, I said no no you're not seeing it." 
He says, no, I want to play it like you. You know, you're, you're trying to learn to play this thing. I said, yeah, well, so what? So I give it to him. And start, he starts really ha- just loud, loud, loud. And Gary Blaylock, our manager, says, cut that shit out. And so, and so anyway, that's what happens is, is uh, and uh, so I, I grab it from him and he, he gets it, he gets it back again and he starts doing it again and he, and he stood up and he turned around this time. And then, uh, so I said, give me that thing. So I, you know, put it away and I asked uh, Blaylock, Blaylock signed me. And I said, why don't you like the harmonics? He says, because you don't know how to play it. And I says, well, you always <laughs> listen to Rocky. He says, you always listen to Rocky on the guitar. He says, well, I kind of like his music. I don't like your music. So <laughs> that was pretty much it. I was the guy on the bus with the guitar, by the way. That was my uh, that was my little oh, contribution really? to the road trip. Yeah, I was the guitar guy. And I would play. Someone would tell me to play a song. I'd learn it. And then before we knew it, after a big win, we'd be singing that song, like karaoke in the back of the bus. Had the beers flowing mm-hmm. and... But I yeah. never saw the bus filled with beer cans like I saw on those 70 buses when I was a kid. And, oh, uh, I, again, you guys, yeah, you guys did it up. You guys did it right. I mean, and, and, and it was, again, it was part of the culture. Like, this is just how we, this is how we roll, you know, and that's, well, they that's, gave, they, uh, gave, I, they, they gave you two, they gave you two, uh, two beers after the game. Remember that one camping? Yeah. That's well, me. they gave me, but they gave not- me two beers and I was seven. <laughs> So yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. So uh, that's how they rolled. Yeah, they, and, and this was just normal. Uh, and, and by the way, everybody was. I mean, Bruce Keeson. There were so many guys I could name that were on my dad's team that were ended up wow. becoming great major league players. And they were like uh-huh. my coaches. Like they were helping me learn how to throw and, and catch and uh-huh. hit. I was shagging fly balls in right field. You know, at six, seven years old. Uh, off of wow. you know professional bats, and and then the next year I, I'm I'm playing little league off of a tee because we had mm. tee ball. You remember that? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So it, it was, was definitely uh, Omar so, Marino on that team at the time. No, he was uh, not. Uh, no? He was already in the big leagues at that time. Um, oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say like Dave Parker was the, the the most famous guy I think that came through there. Um, sure. But they were they were a, a, a perennial like Doug Bear, for example, kind of a. A, a yep. journeyman, but he was. We used to go to the park with him and his um, Camaro. I'm sorry, he had a Corvette. So my, I'd have yeah. to sit on my dad's lap in the two seated Corvette and, uh, and go <laughs> yeah. to the go yeah. to the park yeah. with Doug Bear. But uh, yeah, Doug, I mean, Doug it was and I great. Together, yeah, yeah, and yeah. great guy. Yeah, and uh, so th- these are great memories for me before I even was starting to really play for baseball. Uh, did you? How was uh-huh. your? Who, who guided you? You know, I had a really nice, easy like like progression into baseball, like. What was your like? Who who were your inspirations? Like, did someone, you know, father or grandfather, like, or or, or mother, or how did you get into baseball yourself? Probably from my first at bat. I mentioned it in my my book because I went up to the plate. I was six years old. I'd never been in a ballpark. I just used to hit rocks out in the country, and I I and I, I went in there and I went up left-handed to the plate, and I took a pitch from a guy named Pedro. I looked at the umpire and I said, "Can I switch over to the other side?" And he, and he said, "Sure." So I switched over. You know, there and back then, you know, that was the town. The whole town was at the game. And then I went over to the right side, and I said, uh, and took another strike. And I said, "I kind of like the other side better." And so everybody started <laughs> snickering and laughing, you know. And uh, they got me into this game on the slide because I had not signed up. My dad, you know, had said, "Can you get my son into a game?" You know, to the, you know, Bo Wingo, who weighed about three fifty, he was a town cop. And so anyway, he said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll get him in, Alan." So anyway, and I so I, I already made the decision. I better swing at this one. So 
I, I swung at the, the next pitch and uh, I felt, you know, the ball hit, hit the wood and I just start running and, uh, and I ran through the bag. I didn't round it or anything. I didn't know what to do. I just rounded it. So I got a hit and I didn't even know where the ball was until three years ago because I was asking this Pedro guy, his name's Terry Weldon. And uh, he was called Pedro. And he, I said, where did, it, where did that ball go, by the way, that I hit? He said, if you'd known how to run the bases, you would have, you had a stand-up triple. And I said, really? Oh. <laughs> I said, well, I'll be darned. <laughs> so, but, you know, I just, I just hit it and I ran. And, and I, but I got, I, I, well, here's what happened. You, you asked me that question. I, got, I swung after they laughed. And, you know, when I got on first base, nobody was laughing. And I said, golly, I kind of like this. That's yeah. how people – you shut people you up. You got it. You got the bug. Yeah. You got the, you got bit right right, right there in that baseball bug bit you. It sure did. It That's sure awesome. did. Yeah. And it changed your mm-hmm. life, right? I mean, clearly. So. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. I mean, you're, you're, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you, you know, you're, look, you're looking at goals and things of that nature. And, you know, in, in, pro, in pro ball, I remember the very first time I – they said, write your goals down. You know, I hadn't heard that one in a while. You know, that's the first time. But, you know, my goal was already imprinted at that point. Yeah, you're right. So. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, Eric, do you have any uh, final questions? I know, uh, Mark, we really appreciate you being on. I think we're coming up on that hour point here in about five yeah. minutes. Uh, Eric, what do you, you got any? It. Oh, you, this, this has been a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Eric, do you have any final questions? No, I don't have any uh, to ask other than, uh, Mark, how can people get a hold of you if uh, our listeners want to? want to contact you somehow what's the best way to do that and how can they get your books well my books you can get really basically on amazon and you can look up latel if you can spell it right or you can go (laughs) on the you know on on the eighth day god made baseball or country boy conveniently wild and then those are the two that are out right now and then uh so you can go to amazon i'm not afraid to give my phone number out at all but uh you know but uh, but anyway, I'm pretty accessible uh, by a lot messenger or Facebook or anything of that nature. And I, uh, I like to meet people and talk to people, so I'm I'm not shy. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, hey, thanks again for joining us today. Mark. We could talk for hours, and you and I have before. So uh, oh, yeah. I want to thank you again for, sure. for both of us and for our listeners for joining us today. This is real fun. And uh, yeah. I'll see you when you get back to Arizona. You bet, and I enjoyed the visit with both you guys, Campy and, and Eric. So yeah, well, and, up, and I, up, I have pick uh, up later. Yeah, and I, and I got a, I got, I have, a, I do business in Arizona, so uh, yeah. Next time you're out there, Eric, when you know Mark's out there, uh, let me know, and we'll uh, hopefully things will have opened up, and we can do a little, uh, you know, little connection up at some like like uh, bar and grill or something. You know, that'd be Absolutely. great. Absolutely. sounds great, guys. Enjoyed the visit with you guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks, really Mark. appreciate it, Mark. <laughs> bye bye. Well, that was awesome, huh, Eric? Yeah, I knew it was going to be fun. He's a great story. I did, too. He's got a lot of great stories, man. Yeah, but I loved how he just sort of looked, like dove into some stuff that uh, we I wasn't prepared to ask. I know you weren't. No. That uh, we hadn't heard, you know, uh, or hadn't thought of. Um, but it's really fun when you find a way, you know, where there's actually, like, for me personally, like, there was a, there's a connection here, um, you know, with this with Mark because of just baseball. And where right. we were, and 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 uh, I would have loved to have been in that game to have faced him, you know, when he was 41, and I would have been like 24 or five or five or whatever it was back then. Uh, it's always yeah. fun when you think about those moments, you know. Uh, but but that's uh, you know that's what makes this game so wonderful, I think. And and um, you know, in in the passing like today of Coach Gillespie, I just think about 
you know, his uh, memory, um, you know, is part of that, a part of what baseball is about because, you know, he touched so many people's lives. It's just like Marquez, you know, and, and Mark's, yes. uh, you know, legacy will be remembered by you know, books and, and maybe one of the most important, uh, uh, you know, uh, genetic um, savior, saving devices, uh, you know, <laughs> of all time, right. the, the nutty that's, buddy, the world famous right. nutty buddy. And I think, you know, if you guys, uh, if, if you have kids, uh, you definitely want to get the nutty buddy. If they're playing sports at all, any sport, get the nutty buddy for your kid and they make it. Remember he was going through the different sizes. I saw it on the site. It's hilarious. They have a kid, you know, like, like a 10 year old kid standing there, and and he's you know and he's you know he's got his uniform on and then they show his like his version of his size and then they go all the way up to like a dude who's like a football player you know huge yeah. guy and that's brilliant because really it is not one size fits all you know and that was always the problem as players as you know and oh, yeah. uh, I had that I had that problem with my son because he outgrew the like the youth size one and now I have to give him like like the man size one. And now the kid's got a gargantuan bulge at 11 years old or whatever. It looks ridiculous, but he, you know, the other one was too small, you know? It's like, so it was brilliant just to even consider that there's, you know, there's a need for that. And I, and I yeah. commend him for, uh, it's not easy by the way, to do anything in business and create an invention, all the stuff that goes through the patents. My grandpa did it. I've tried to do it. The, the, the dealings with the attorneys and the patent searches and all the money that has to go into doing all that, it's gargantuan. You know, the easiest thing to do is just make the damn product, right. you know. So uh, I commend him for that. That is not an easy process, nor is writing books. So uh, clearly, go get her. And it sounds like it when, you, when he talks, right? Like he's got no, that. Definitely. Yeah. That, uh, I, and and you, you could tell he's a, you know, a smart guy that um, – you know, I think is, is, is this, this would translate to what smart, you know, business smarts too. You know, not just, yeah. uh, you know, a smart person in general, but like having business savvy. So, uh, and this could have been a, been a, I could have been more excited to talk to him in this business conversation. As I mentioned, I had a little bit of a tough uh, day today with losing Coach Gillespie, but uh, Mark certainly uh, uh, warmed up my uh, spirits a lot, a lot better today. Just a reminder of you know, um, a baseball life is a, is a life well lived, right? We're, we're yes, still, absolutely. you and I have, you and I have a few more years of, uh, of continuing to do this, right? Yes, we do. And that, that's a good spot right there to, to wrap this one up. I think a baseball life is a good life. Yeah. So, uh, Eric, let's, uh, what are your, what's your, uh, what's the four one one on getting a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of me on Twitter at Dr. Baseball or at Eric Lundberg. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, so you can hit me up either place. Uh, direct messages on Twitter the best way to get a hold of me and sometimes I read those on the air we have another show we do with our friend Benny Dam called The Backstop yeah. if you want to check that out follow it on Spotify as well how about you Campy? yeah and I was going to say the, the show with Benny Bam um, it's uh, the, the Backstop podcast uh, it's also known as The Backstop Show uh, we have a lot of fun with that uh, we do that a little bit more frequently it's, it's kind of like a weekly show um, this one we, we kind of you know look for um guests that have sort of a unique, uh, you know, position. And I think today was more about Mark being, you know, like a, obviously a great major league, you know, player, but also an entrepreneur and, yes. uh, and, a, and, a, and a very forward thinking person and a, and a fantastic personality. Like he's like a Bob Uecker, like he's a baseball personality, you know, a great, just a, a and, and someone that, that's very entertaining. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's a, that's another another uh, chapter in the book of Driving Them In, where we've had a chance to really interview a lot of fun 
an interesting guest, uh, All-Stars, Rick Burleson. Um, we have Kurt Schreider on uh, not too long ago, who is currently coaching college ball uh, up in Wisconsin, college summer ball, which, you know, believe it or not, there's actually still a league going. Yeah. So, um, and he's, he's, a, he's a longtime coach, and he knew Coach Gillespie as well. So it's just a, it's been a wonderful uh, journey um, both on both podcasts, just a little bit different kind of concept. So yeah, check out uh, uh, the Backstop uh, podcast. And of course, check out some previous episodes of Driving Them In. Uh, Eric, any last comments? No, I just want everyone out there to stay safe. It's a weird time we're going through. And uh, just stick together with the people you care about and be as safe as possible. That's all I can say. And watch the 60-game season. What do we got? We're, right now we're sitting at about, uh, what, 54 games 54, to go? yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's going to be over in a snap of a finger. So uh, get your baseball in while you can. Yep, get your baseball uh, uh, picks in while you can. And uh, hopefully we'll be back for a regular full season. But you'll still be catching episodes of Driving Them In. Thanks again, Eric. And thanks, Mark uh, Littell, for coming on. Great, uh, great guest. Enjoyed having you on. Until next time, you're listening to Driving Them In with Jim Campanis, Eric Lindenberg, and we'll have some uh, uh, additional fun shows coming up here in the future. All right.